I'd like to welcome everybody back to our weekly podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Acharimos. Parsha, though, initially begins with some of the, the idea of what happened Yom Kippur in the time of the Beis Amikdash, the Kohen Gadol, the service. But later it goes into, the latter part of the Parsha goes into the next section about the Arayos, the prohibited relationships. The Torah introduces the prohibited relationships with a very interesting, interesting preface. It uses the words like this. It says, like the, like the actions that you saw in Egypt where you lived, you should not do. And like the lands, like the people, the way the people conducted themselves in Canaan, where you'll be entering, you should not do. Don't follow after their chukim. Don't follow after their statutes. I want you to keep my commandments and my statutes you should observe. And you should keep my chukim, keep all my mitzvahs, and live with them. Ani Hashem, I am the Lord your God. In these few words, in these few passages, Torah's tongue is a very important principle. The Torah and the mitzvahs are not given to the Jewish people to merely follow, to observe. They were given to them also for the purpose of v'chaibuhem, to live with them. It's not sufficient just to go through the actions. A person could do a mitzvah, could do a commandment, haphazardly perhaps, lackluster, without feeling much, without any emotion at all. That's not what the Torah wants. The Torah says v'chaibuhem. The mitzvahs are meant to be fulfilled, meant to be done with a chius, with a sense of enthusiasm and an excitement. That's called living with Torah. We refer to the Torah as Torah's chayim, a Torah of life. Torah of life means to say it's not just a set of instructions. It's, a, it's, it's an elixir of life, as it were. It's to give us a certain sense of, of, of enthusiasm and excitement in everything that we do in, in, as far as our lives are concerned. The Talmud tells us in Brochas, a very famous story, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva was in the time of the Romans, when the Romans forbade the to- study of Torah and teaching Torah in public specifically. And Rabbi Akiva openly defied their, defied their decree, and he taught Torah in public to masses of students. Eventually the Romans heard about this, and they, and they had him arrested, and was tried, ultimately decided to be put to death. So the Gemara tells us there was a person, an individual, a Jew, named Papas ben Yehuda. And Papas came to Rabbi Akiva and said, what are you doing this? You know you're going to be caught. Why would you want to risk your life for this? And Rabbi Akiva said, let me tell you a moshul, an analogy, a story. There was once a fox that was trotting by the river banks, and he saw in the river the fish darting back and forth, rather nervously. And he asked the fish, fish, why are you so nervous? Why are you, why are you swimming back and forth so quickly? The fish said, we're trying to avoid being caught by the fisherman's nets. So the fox told them, if that's your concern, I have an idea for you. Why don't you come into, into the forest where I live and live, live with me? We live together. We live at peace together. I promise you the fisherman will never come to my area in the forest. So the fish told the fox, oh, fox, you're supposed to be the wise one. You're a fool. If in the water which is our very lifeblood, we need the water to be able to live. And we find ourselves in danger in the water, how much more so will we be in danger outside of the water? And that's the same thing over here, the Talmud concludes. Rabbi Kiva told Papas, Torah is the lifeblood of the Jew. Like it says in the Torah, it says, Ki it is your life, it's the length of your days. It's everything. And if a Jew finds himself in danger, when studying Torah, when immersed in Torah, when, when living Torah, how much more so he find himself in danger if he stops learning Torah? 
That's the understanding, that concept of a chaybam, of living with Torah. The Talmud actually learns out an interesting halacha from this statement too, though. We learn that Torah is meant to be lived with and not to be died for. Although there are certain commandments that's true, the three cardinal sins of Judaism, idolatry, adultery, and murder, that a person has to be willing to sacrifice one's life in order to, in order to not to avoid transgressing. Nevertheless, under normal circumstances, life takes precedence. Pikuach nefesh, when life is in danger, that takes precedence over almost any other mitzvah. We can transgress all the, all the commandments in the Torah. You know, transgression of Shabbos, eating Yom Kippur, eating non-kosher food, whatever it might be, in order to be able to preserve life for the purpose of preservation of Jewish life. That's what it says. Torah is meant to be given to a person, to live with Torah. I once heard an interesting insight by Ezreal Tauber. He made mention of something like this. Imagine somebody was, a hundred-year-old man was ill. And it was, it was a matter of, just a, it seemed just that he was on the, on the throes of death. However, the life could still be preserved a little bit longer. We're talking about, that's what we're now talking about, he would be able to recover. But just for a short period of time, 10 minutes time, let's say, he would be able to be brought back and be able to live for 10 more minutes. However, every single Jew in the world would have to eat pork on Yom Kippur in order to be able to save this person, this 100-year-old man's life for another 10 minutes. Jewish law dictates that every Jew in the world would have an obligation to eat pork on Yom Kippur in order to lengthen this man's life for an additional 10 minutes. Now, again, we're, uh, obviously there are many halachic amplifications over here. We're not trying to, this is a very oversimplification. It doesn't mean to say that there's no, that the person's life always has to be extended necessarily. And a lot of it depends on, on, on how a person is and the health of a person and many factors like that. But let's say, theoretically speaking, everything fit into, fit into place. The person would recover for another 10 minutes. The halacha is that everybody would have an obligation to transgress in order to extend this person's life. A hundred-year-old man. Man certainly has the vast majority of his life behind him. Even if he were to live for another 10 minutes, even if, let's say, he'd recover for another 10 minutes, certainly would not be what we call quality life, so to say. Yet Allah dictates that they would have an obligation to transgress. Because in some ways, the mitzvah of the mitzvah of live, to live a life of Torah, even if a person is unable to fulfill commandments, perhaps, but the mere living itself is the greatest mitzvah in the Torah one of the greatest mitzvahs in the Torah, for at least. And that's what the Torah is teaching us over here, the mitzvah of live with Torah. A person has an obligation to live. There's a, living itself is a mitzvah. Perkyavas teaches us that a person is put into this world against our will. Nobody asked to be born. And for that matter, nobody asked to leave this world either, for that matter. We're put into this world against our will, and we leave this world against our will. But throughout the course of our existence over here, it's the gift that God gave us, the gift of life, and that itself is mitzvah. That itself is the fulfillment of a commandment. There was an incident I once saw about an elderly woman that was, that was unfortunately very ill. And I don't recall who it was exactly, but one of, the great, one of the great rabbis came to visit her. And when he was there, the person, the the excused herself and, there, her, and she had an aide that would come in once a week that would clean her and take care of her. 
And after this aide left, the rabbi asked her, the rabbi told her, yes, it, I mean, aid's only able to come one time a week. And you said, it seems, you seem so weak and you seem not even unable to care for yourself. You know, why are you doing this? And she says, you know, when I'm able to, when, I, when I'm all cleaned up, I'm able to make a bracha, one bracha. After that, I'm really unable, I can't control my bodily functions. I can't really make any brachas after that. But when the aid comes to clean me up, I'm able to make one bracha a week. And that's why I do this. And everybody was, everybody was amazed because that indeed is life. That, that opportunity of being able to make a blessing, to be able to say a bracha to it, to using to blessing Hashem's name, that itself is purpose. Even if the other rest of life is it's sickly and, 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 and unable to care for oneself, nevertheless, the opportunity of being able to answer an amen, to be able to say a bracha, that itself is life. Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Gifter, right? Rosh Hashiva tells Yeshiva, once went to visit somebody, an ill, a sick student, person, not a student, somebody that was that was sick in the hospital. The person was was, was very sick, and the Rashiva came in. The person was a little bit embarrassed. He said, "I really can't do anything much right now. I'm so sick and I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I can't. There's hardly anything I can do. What purpose is there in my life right now?" And the gifter told this person, "I want you to know." Right, your mitzvah right now is to do everything you can to get better. That is your mitzvah. For some people, there's a mitzvah to 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 daven, to pray. Some people's mitzvah to put on a tefillin. For some people's mitzvah to observe the Shabbos. Right now, the sole mitzvah you have is to try to be able to regain your health. That is mitzvah because of mitzvah of life, because mitzvah of lechayba, mitzvah to live. I'm reminded of an incident that I would often that that affected me tremendously. When my grandmother, my grandmother, the last seven years of her life, she suffered from Alzheimer's. She was in a nursing home, and she really wasn't able to do too much for herself. And, and although I would come to visit, maybe try it at least once a week, it, it, it was not really a fulfilling visit because I really felt that she didn't know who I was, she didn't recognize me, and she really, she really wasn't a different world, so to say. And I really didn't gain much from the visit. I really didn't feel accomplished much in the visit. I wasn't sure she appreciated it. Interestingly, interestingly enough, though, my father, may he live and be well, my father would visit her every single day. He was in the nursing home every single day. Friday or the other before Shabbos, after Shabbos, he would come in order just to make sure that she was taken care of well. And the people in the nursing home understood and knew that that, that, that her, husband, her son was there that would stop by and make sure everything was going well every single day. As I mentioned, I had a hard time going myself. Sometimes my father would, before going, he would ask me if my children wanted to go. My children were young at that time. And they said, you know, said, and he would take some of my younger children to go visit their great-grandmother in the nursing home. My children came back, and they were so excited. They said, you know, we saw Zadie, my father, we saw Zadie putting makeup on Grandma. My father was there. wanted to make sure that his mother looked presentable in the nursing home. That he'd help her, he would help her put on makeup when he was there because she could, certainly couldn't care for herself. And they came back so excited. We saw Zadie putting on makeup on my grandmother, on grandma. You know, after seven years, my grandmother passed away. At the funeral, I eulogized her. And I began my remarks. He says, You know, sometimes it's hard to understand what the purpose is in life like this. 
past seven years, my grandmother really didn't, she really didn't function much. She wasn't, not like if you say sometimes the idea of life to be able to fulfill mitzvahs, to be able to do, accomplish good things in life, she really wasn't able to accomplish too much. She really didn't understand what was happening. She really didn't, she really, she hardly, she hardly took care of her, she was able to eat. What kind of purpose is there in that type of a life? And then suddenly I realized when my children had come back, how excited they were seeing their grandfather take care of his mother. And they realized, you know, we we're all put into this world for a purpose. Sometimes that purpose is something that we can accomplish by doing, but sometimes there are certain things we can accomplish by being, not necessarily by doing. When my children saw my father taking care of his mother, they gained in a tremendous lesson what it means to be what it means to honor a parent. They saw their grandfather taking every going every single day and taking care of to make sure that his mother was well taken care of, that she was eating, that she was eating properly, that she looked presentable, that she looked pretty for that matter. They wanted to, they saw how a son, a devoted son, a grandfather, would continue taking care of his mother till the very last day. And by living, my grandmother posed she, she gave that opportunity to my children. She may not have accomplished, may not have done too much perhaps, but her being there was, some, was a tremendous lesson to my children growing up. And it's something I think which was a lesson which, which, which will remain with my children, God willing, to the end of their lives. To see what it means to honor a parent. We may never understand, we may never really know completely what purpose there is in life. But Torah is telling us over here the idea of a chai bohem, the mitzvah of living, the mitzvah of Torah is given to the Jewish people to be able to live for the purpose of life. Every single moment of life is a precious mitzvah that we can value. And the, just like we're supposed to live Torah, Torah is not just supposed to be something which is a, a dead document. It's supposed to be something which gives us an excitement, gives us life, gives us fulfillment. But even if we can't keep the mitzvahs per se, life itself is that fulfillment. If we view life as the mitzvah, Life is the Torah of sorts. That itself is a tremendous accomplishment also. I think that's an important lesson for us to be able to remember. That's the Torah, the intro, so to say, into, into the latter part of the parsha. Just almost like just like in passing, the Torah makes mention of it. But it's a tremendously great lesson for us to carry through life, to be able to gain an appreciation, a love of life, an avas chaim, a love of life. The avas Torah, the love of Torah leads to that love and appreciation for every moment of life that's given to us. And it's not something we can ever think, we can ever say to ourselves, hey, let's listen, it's, it's not quality life, what, what, what purpose, what value in it? We may never understand, but the truth is, every moment of life is a tremendous blessing, a tremendous gift from the Almighty. We have to make the best, we have to try to make the best of it as much as we can. Have a great week, everybody, and we hope to see you back next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.